Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, night protection services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause hey guys welcome to another episode of surviving to thriving today i have with me rick drew he is the managing director and founder of sedna wealth management a fee-only modern wealth planning and investment firm focused on providing personal advice to empower individuals and their money. Drew has over 20 years of experience working with clients in both wealth management and asset management positions. Prior to forming Sedna Wealth Management, he was the regional director in New York City for Wells Fargo Asset Management, where he advised clients on the economy, market, opportunities, and individual investments. He's a graduate from Florida A&M University and has earned the Certified Investment Management Analyst, Analyst designation from Wharton Business School. He resides in Charlotte with his wife, Chudney, and their two kids, Sienna Rose and Justin. Rick, welcome to the show. And I just want to say I love the name Sienna Rose. Thank you. That was my wife who named my daughter and... I can't take a lot of credit for it, but she definitely uh, enjoys her name. and she, We call her Rosie for short. Thank you, Heather. It's great to be a part of your podcast and uh, your audience as well. Yeah, I'm really excited to get into this. I always think, you know, money's a taboo topic. People don't like talking about their finances and especially not in the sense when, you know, if you're leaving a situation where your money may not be safe, it's really hard to plan and figure out, you know, your next steps. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. So let's just get into it. What was it like growing up for you, like that high school age? Because I really think that that kind of forms our being and who, like how we interact with people today. So how was that life for you? Yeah, growing up, uh, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I would say East Lansing, Michigan through my high school years. So my parents uh, were divorced when I was at a young age. My mom lived in East Lansing. So I went to high school there and my dad lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I would largely spend a lot of my weekends or even time in the summer uh, in Grand Rapids as well. I would really say that in high school and through college and even getting my career started, um, the theme I would put in my life is that I've embraced change. I've embraced kind of the journey of just putting yourself in a different position. And if it's uncomfortable, still trying to learn and figure, figure out who you are in that situation. As I mentioned, you know, my parents being divorced didn't have a big impact on me. They're essential parts of my life. But I did see, looking back upon it, kind of the differences of life in Lise Lansing, living with my mom. She was basically a school teacher, and I had two, three brothers total, one sister, but I had two brothers living with me in East Lansing at the time. And, you know, life was pretty simple for us. We didn't have a lot of money to go out and go out to dinner or take vacations. We just, you know, kind of enjoyed the necessities of life. Um, but then I would spend weekends with my dad, and he was a lawyer and had a little bit more of that, you know, higher level of middle income 
income coming in. So we definitely enjoy golfing, going on trips, going out to eat. And just having that as a financial background, I think I relate to a lot of people in different parts of life, um, whether you're just trying to get the bills paid or whether you have a little bit more, you're trying to balance between do I save, do I spend, do I, you know, what do I do with the money that I don't necessarily need to spend on my bills? Um, so that background uh, has been tremendous in t- talking to people and working them through exactly what they should be doing and emphasizing with their money. Definitely. I think that is such a huge thing to have is have that balance, right? You're not so far ahead of everybody else that you can't see the people who are just trying to start and do that, uh, you know, or just trying to pay the bills because you saw both sides of it. Cause I mean, we were, we're ex cops. So we know like teachers, cops, firefighters, they don't make, they make enough to make the bills and, and, and that's about it. So I, I think it's awesome that you have that. You can see both sides of it really. So then in growing through that, did you know, like, automatically you wanted to go into finance when you went into college? Not necessarily. I would say and it, it's probably something I just took for granted. I always had a, a definite uh, strength in math. Uh, math came easy to me. I probably thought that it came easy for most people when I was going through my, my school years. But I, as I went into college... And I graduated from Florida and now, but I actually started my uh, higher education at University of Michigan. And I realized early on that I needed math, science, and, and certain types of courses that were my strength to do well in college. Um, and the, the literature, arts, and English and things that you had to read for wasn't my strength. And so when I was at Michigan, that was, that was pretty definite to me. I had a good time there, but I realized that this experience was very similar to a lot of my high school and other education experience. I was a minority inside of a larger university. I had great friends and connections that I made, but I felt like I was still missing the larger experience that college could provide. And two years after uh, I was in college at Michigan, I decided to transfer and went to Florida A&M one, they had one of the best touted business schools throughout the, the country, and I wanted to concentrate on business. And two, it was a historically Black college. I felt like that part of my life was something that I needed to make me a more well-rounded person. And just the geographical change from going from Michigan down to Florida, it definitely was enjoyable, but also I would say I learned a lot just from the culture of, of people from the Midwest versus being more down south. And that has, that has helped me through life. Um, and you know, after I graduated from Florida A&M, I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, had some family here, um, and started working with one of the, the larger banks um, that was first union at the time, but I graduated through my career mostly with that uh, Wells Fargo um, and some of the prior predecessors that they had as well. That's awesome. I can definitely relate to the, uh, from moving from the Midwest to uh, the South. I grew up in uh, Minnesota and now we're here in Georgia. So I definitely understand that, uh, that culture shock, Um, but it definitely, it does help you understand the world, I think. Because, you know, it's, it's funny. Everybody's like, travel the world, like get to know other cultures. I'm like, 
go down south. You'll learn a brand new culture, I swear. <laughs> or go up north and you'll learn a whole new culture. Like, you don't have to travel far to, to, to find it, which is, you know, awesome in and of itself, but definitely understand that culture shock. So you're working corporate. You have a, a you know, the, the title sounds like a, a pretty high level position in Wells Fargo. What was the decision to move into owning your own business as a financial planner? Yes. You know, you go through a lot of decisions in life. And when you're going through those decisions, you're, you're still kind of questioning, is this the right thing? Is this what I should be doing? And looking for signs and looking for confirmation. Um, so I would say that, you know, it's been two years, little, actually almost three years now since I left Wells Fargo and decided to open up Sedna Wealth Management as my own investment firm and really just work with people uh, as a financial advisor, financial planner, and help them with their finances. It's probably something that I've been thinking about for 10 to 15 years as something I thought would be more well rewarding for me and, and probably more for just my family as well in terms of a career. But it wasn't always the easiest decision. You know, I would say from working with Wells Fargo, I was in a position where I was basically a consultant. Many of the financial advisors in New York City, all the major firms, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo and UBS. And I learned a lot just from being around financial advisors, understanding their practice and who their clients were, and helping them to really build portfolios and manage the money that uh, they were allocated from their clients. Um, but it's a totally different world when you're, one, starting a business, but two, when you're trying to help people with somewhat of the difficult task of just revealing how their financial situation is. It's not even the point of, can you help them? It's, do they open up to you? Do they trust you enough to help you guide them through just the the, you know, the parts of their financial world that they may have difficulty with, the parts that they don't understand, and maybe the parts that they haven't even thought of and they, they need you to introduce um, in terms of, you know, what the planning for the future should look like uh, for individuals. And, you know, that is still a uh, eye-opening experience um, because every individual is different. And I'm sure in, in, in the world that that your clients are in, um, you realize everybody's experience in just their personal journey through life relates to how they uh, relate to things. It relates to how they relate to money. So you have to understand people as individuals to really truly help them in that journey and, and help them move to where they want to be too. Definitely. Funny you say that because even, you know, like finances is just such a personal topic. People get embarrassed of like, oh, he, you know, like you're going to see that I spend X amount of dollars on eating out or going shopping when I should probably be saving or, you know, and it's just like, you feel like you're going to be judged on what you spend. So you make a really good point of like, you have to be able to trust your advisor and open up and know that there's not going to be that judgment there. Or even, you know, the judgment of, my paycheck's only $800, you know, every two weeks or something like that, where it's like, you know, there, there's just that feeling 
of of being judged not saying that you know advisors do because they, they there's no reason for them to that's their job but there's that stigma around it and especially in uh, you know women of domestic violence they're already feared of being judged for the situation that they're in and then they're you know oh but also let me be more vulnerable and show you that you know i don't have enough money to make the bills or i don't have enough money to do this so yeah that was a really that's a really good point so let's kind of get into that a little bit like you said like some based on people's journeys in life people don't even you know may not know that about different things i know when we did you know um a phone call a few weeks ago i told you i was like I'm 26 and I learned like three years ago that there's different checking accounts that you can open, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not struggling for money, but I'm not, you know, I had zero clue that there is, you know, different things like that. So it doesn't matter what position and, you know, or socioeconomic status you have. People don't know everything there is to know about finances. So let's get into that a little bit. What do you provide for your clients? Um, just like a baseline when somebody walks in and says, Hey, I need help. What's that kind of, what's that process like? Yeah. And even before I start describing the process, you know, there's, there's two things that always stick out to me in terms of just establishing a relationship with the client. And I, I constantly hear from people I know, friends, even sometimes family members, they're always like, Rick, once I get some money, that's when I'm going to reach out to you. Well, We'll start working together. And, you know, my response is always, you know, the big reason that you don't feel like you have money is because we're probably not working together. And so I, I really say that in the sense that um, you don't need a lot of money. Managing finances, building wealth is truly a mindset more than it is the actual balance sheet equation or how much money is really there. And it's really all about you having a peace of mind and you know somewhat feeling that you're you're headed in the right direction when you're making decisions around your finances uh, so for what i offer with said in the wealth management uh, it's financial planning uh, which i look at is there's kind of three parts of financial planning and usually there's something related to a person's life that they need more concentration on than the than any other. And so the first part is just kind of managing the day-to-day or your, you know, maybe it's, it's called budgeting, but it's just making sure that you have enough money to pay your bills and do the things that you want to do. And, you know, for a lot of people, that becomes a stressful situation. And so I, I always ask people, if you find that you're spending money, whether it's just paying the bills, the mortgage, the rent, the car payment, and, and you're having some emotional, um, you know, maybe stress with that, then that's usually a, uh, an indication that you probably need to work with somebody and get to a point where that should not be a stressful part of life. And then for some people, it's the spending on other things. You know, we all have wants and needs in life. And, you know, for people to spend money and then maybe feel like, oh, I overspent. I can't do what I want to do um, going forward for this month because I spent so much on my wardrobe or that vacation, uh, that's another part of financial planning that I help people just formulate a plan. It relieves a lot of stress in life and makes you happy to spend the money that you have on good things and going on vacation and buying nice things for yourself. That's the point that I want to get people to and not to have to feel guilty about it. That's one part of financial planning. The other parts are 
planning for the future um, usually involves retirement. If you have a family, saving for maybe higher education or just saving for the family, family's needs as you go along. Take some planning, take some, some allocation to do so. And then probably the last part of concentration in financial planning is just establishing a legacy. Usually maybe older in life, people think about this more than they do when they're younger. But I think more and more, I try to create the equation that life is, we're, we're moving into a direction financially inside the United States where just working hard and doing things just to have a job isn't always taking care of the family the way that it used to 50, 60 years ago in this country. And so managing your finances and maybe having an outlook that can help manage finances for the rest of your family and the, the generations that you leave behind, uh, I think is becoming more and more important uh, for the average everyday family here in the United States. And so looking at that equation as to how you can play a role in the legacy and generational wealth of, of your family is something that I help people with as, as well. Um, and then, you know, I put on my financial advisor hat and help you implement these things in terms of building a portfolio, selecting the right investments. And so I kind of balanced the two and say financial planning, which a lot of people, that's the crux of what they need me for. And then the financial advisor part is let's, once we have a plan, let's make sure that we're implementing it and managing it through different market conditions and, and making sure that we protect the wealth that you do have. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.